0: Welcome to the PEBC Podcast. My name is Michelle Jones, and I am the host of our series on Phenomenal Teaching. This series is a collection of conversations with authors, classroom teachers, education leaders and staff developers whose work connects with the PEBC teaching framework. In each episode, we explore how the strands of planning, community, workshop, thinking strategies, discourse and assessment cultivate student agency. Equity and understanding across the curriculum and grade levels. We are proud to announce that Chalkbeat is our first sponsor. Chalkbeat is a nonprofit news organization committed to covering one of America's most important stories the effort to improve schools for all students. Stay up to date on all of the current events in education at www.chalkbeat.org. Thank you so much for listening in. Today, we are joined by PEBC Teacher Resident, Tyler Hansen, and Teacher Educator, John Kearney. John is the Director of Recruitment and Engagement for the PEBC Teacher Residency Program. Tyler and John are joining us today to talk about the experience of being a new teacher in 2021, and to unpack how the PEBC Teaching Framework can be used as a tool for growth and reflection for new and experienced teachers. Tyler and John, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, Michelle. Thank you. You're
0: welcome. So, Tyler, we're going to start with you. All right. Welcome, of course, to the podcast, but then also welcome to the teaching profession. You are a teacher resident, which means that you've been kind of living this life, starting this career for about six weeks now. So, I'd love to hear a little bit about you and your journey to where you are right now as a teacher.
2: Yeah, sure thing. Um, so, I actually have been out of school for five years and um, Started in finance, done some project management, um, went into consulting. And so I was kind of following that corporate ladder and didn't feel fulfilled and um, had this kind of thing in the back of my brain nudging me towards education. And uh, my wife is extremely supportive through all the transition and trying to find the best program. Um, And so I'm just really excited to get to learn and be in the class with kids and whatever capacity that's gonna be like this fall. Um, and, and really just make a make a positive impact in, in, in young children's lives.
0: Tyler, thank you. So John, you are a teacher educator. Love to hear a little bit about you and your journey. How did you fall into this role?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I love talking about that. Actually, I, uh, was a classroom teacher, uh, in the Denver Metro area and in, in Aurora public schools for, for nine years um about halfway through my classroom teaching career um i came to the school William Smith High School in in Aurora Colorado and um it just so happened that a lot of my colleagues um at William Smith had gone through this PEBC teacher residency which is something that i had never heard of before um and and what i quickly noticed were that the colleagues that went through this program were were some of my best colleagues they just deeply cared about kids. Um, They they cared deeply about improving their practice. And so did I. Um, So that really just resonated with me. Um, And in the 2016-2017 school year, um, I was able to be a mentor teacher uh, in the PEBC teacher residency myself. So I had a resident in my classroom um, for the entire year. And uh, it was just a wonderful experience. Um, I think I grew more as an educator in that one year with a resident in my classroom than than any other year um, in my career. And I think a lot of that was because being a mentor really forced me to to kind of be metacognitive about my own practice, um articulate you know every day why I do what I do. Um and I, I just kind of fell in love with this residency model. um so in in twenty eighteen, um, I made the, the jump to PEBC, um, and for the last two years, I've, I've served as a field coach. Um, so I've had the opportunity to provide coaching and feedback to uh, residents in the program, and then just recently um, kind of made this move to uh, director of recruitment, um, where I get to, to search out and find fantastic new pre-service teachers like Tyler. So um, it's, been a, it's been a fun journey.
0: Wow, so it's interesting in both of your stories, and John, obviously your story is a little longer than Tyler's since he is just a brand new novice, newbie, you know, teacher in training, is that you both felt called to the profession. You both felt this like this tug to become a teacher. Um, Tyler, currently you are you your mentor is a primary teacher, is that correct?
2: Yes, yes, in the ECE space
0: see, so you're moving from finance into the world of early childhood education. Yes, <laughs> like, like that's incredible. And so one thing I'd like to think about, I definitely want to get into kind of the nuances of this idea of a teacher residency program because I'm sure for our listeners, they're thinking that's a little bit different than maybe what I experienced with student teaching. But before we go there, let's talk a little bit about this idea of becoming a teacher and what that means today. Um, John, I know as a recruiter, you are really, really familiar with the teacher shortage in Colorado and in the nation. So what what are the trends right now? What are you finding?
1: Yeah, well, there definitely is a teacher shortage um, nationwide and specifically in Colorado, and that's that's definitely troubling. Um, I think our rural communities are, are hit the hardest when it comes to to that teacher shortage. And I think one of the things that we're proud of it at PEBC Teacher Residency is that um, we're one of only two residencies in the entire nation that serve both urban and rural cohorts and communities. So um, uh, Tyler is, is here with us in, in our Denver cohort, but we also have cohorts in Eagle County, um, the San Luis Valley, and the southwest part of the state as well. Um, so that's exciting. Um, the other thing that, that I'm very passionate about is sort of debunking what I think are, are some misconceptions about why that teacher shortage exists. Um, I think there's a narrative out there that is kind of like, you know, who in their right mind would wanna be a teacher in, in 2020. And that that could not be farther from the truth. Um, I, I think teaching is a wonderful profession. Um, teachers are uh, supported in ways that are were unimaginable 20 years ago. Um, I th- the the actual root cause of the teacher shortage is a couple things. One is increased demand. So, um, for instance, there are more uh, spe- special education specialists than there were um, ten or twenty years ago. Um, there are more STEM, like secondary STEM specialists, than there were, um, you know, even even a few years back. So I think that's one issue. The other issue is teacher retention, um, especially early career teacher retention. Um, so there's that troubling statistic out there that something like 50% of um, all teachers who who start in the classroom are out of the classroom within three years. Um, and that's, you know, the group of people who are really hurt by that are students. Um, and one of the things that we're extremely proud of at, at PEBC teacher residency is that 93% of our residents are still in the classroom after three years um, once they leave us. So I think that speaks to a couple things. I think it speaks to the fantastic uh, residents like Tyler that we're able to recruit. Um, I think it also speaks to how well our residents are supported, not only with like the tangible skills to be successful in the in the classroom, but also our focus on teacher wellness, um, which I think is something that separates us from some other programs that are out there.
0: So let's hear a little bit about the residency program, John, maybe give us kind of that high level structure, because I'm sure our listeners are really curious based on what you just shared. I mean, that's a pretty incredible retention rate. And then I think, um, then we'll have Tyler talk a little bit about what drew him to the program and what he's experiencing so far. So John, let's just sort like, what is, you keep mentioning this idea of a residency model and there are only two in the country. So tell us what is a residency model? What is that all about?
1: Yeah, so just to clarify there are there are more than two residencies in the country. Um we're actually part okay. of a network called um, NCTR. Um there's in S- it's actually a gr- a really growing movement. There's residencies kind of springing up all over the place. Um there there are two residencies in the country that serve rural communities, which I think That's is That's right. Um but the residency model that idea comes from uh the medical residency model. So it's this idea of blending theory with practice. Um I always found it odd that um, in most student teaching models, um, student teachers are not in schools long enough to really form relationships with with colleagues, with mentors, and especially with students. Because, um, Michelle, you and I, as, as seasoned educators, know that this is a relationship-driven business. Um, Absolutely. So, so the fact that um, our residents start at a school site at the beginning of the year, um, even before students show up, either in person or, or remotely this year. Um, and they get to build those relationships with students throughout the entire school year. They're at their site four days a week. And then they're coming to, to us, to our instructors, one day a week um, for that that theory, that coursework. And then they can turn right around and um, implement it in their classrooms uh, literally the next day. Um, so I think that's that's what's special about a residency.
0: Wow, that's really fascinating because, I mean, a lot of us who are in the field of education kind of came up through a traditional system where we took our coursework at the university and then we had some short assignments where we would spend time in different classrooms. And then we would have that student teaching experience where we would eventually have a chance to take over the classroom for a couple of weeks while our supporting teacher maybe did some other work in the building or, you know, kind of just gave us some space. Um, This, the residency though, it, it reminds me more of a medical model. That as a teacher resident, you're able to see the first day of school, and what happens up to that first day of school, all the way to the end of the end of the year. Um, So Tyler, for you, you know, you said you were interested in changing careers, that you wanted to step out of finance, and you were looking for a teacher certification program that would meet your needs. So as someone who is looking for a program, what was appealing? to you about the PBC Teacher Residency Program?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I kind of got interested, was thinking about maybe becoming a para or doing some substitute teaching just to kind of get my feet wet um, and had spoken to one of my friends who did Teach for America and she recommended the PBC Program um, since her boyfriend's from Colorado and he knew about the program when it was the Butcher Foundation. And so after looking into it, I just felt overwhelmingly like it was the right place for me to be um, with, with like-minded people who are trying to make a positive impact and, and, um, spend their life doing something they love doing. Um, and so it, it felt like the right, um, move the, the timing worked out great. Um, and like I said, having the support from family and friends has been great, um, moving forward.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. So kind of this a little bit of a, like on the ground, like recommendation, and then thinking about yourself as a learner. For you, you wanted that full immersion program throughout the whole year because, you know, you really wanted to see what is it really like to be in a classroom? I'm sure, Tyler, people listening in are thinking, okay, Tyler left finance to become an ECE teacher, which all of us in education, our hearts are singing, right? Like everyone has a big smile right now listening to this part of the podcast. I think, um, Tyler, that highlights the diverse pool of teachers who are part of the PEBC Teacher Residency Program. You know, Can you tell us a little bit about some of the backgrounds of some of your your cohort mates?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So we actually had um, a really uh, diverse background, whether it was um, finance for me, I know a couple other uh, folks were coming from the corporate world and marketing and advertising. Um, we have a, a former, former public defender. Um, so really across the board, uh, and that's just in my small group, um, just a lot of great people who've done really interesting things, but also at the same time um, feel like their um, best interests and in, in serving, you know, the community will, will be best served um, in a classroom with, with little kids. So,
0: Wow. So, John, for you as a director of recruitment, tell us about the pool of the entire Colorado the program right now. I know that you serve teachers in the urban areas as well as rural and mountain communities in Colorado how do you attract and retain such a diverse pool and who's kind of represented in the pool?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I think the, just getting the residency model out there and kind of telling people what it's all about, I think it, um, kind of speaks for itself in terms of a lot of its strengths. Um, as Tyler mentioned, I think my favorite thing about this position is just, uh, being able to interact with people from, um, extremely diverse backgrounds. So we have, um, you know, folks in their early 20s who are right out of undergrad, who uh, maybe they didn't go through a teacher prep program uh, at the college level. Uh, Maybe they're a history major, and and now they're um, wanting to become a teacher. Um, And then we also have people kind of later in their career, Um, we've worked with people literally in their their 50s and 60s who are coming out of um, successful IT careers who are looking for something that's a little bit more um intrinsically motivating and and kind of want to give back to the community and um, and and everybody in between. I mean, we have people who with with covid nineteen happening right now, um people who were serving tables six months ago um, who are now thinking about um, you know, becoming a teacher. and I think that's just so exciting.
0: Wow. so it just really opens doors for a unique group of individuals who are really passionate about education and who are willing to to jump into this residency and, and go deep. So I'd like to think a little bit now about instruction. And I think we can look at that through two lenses. One is, you know, teacher preparation or being a teacher educator like you, John, there are some nuances to that. How do we structure teacher education for agency and understanding? You know, at the PEBC, our big question is, how do you teach for agency, equity, and understanding? I think we can transfer that question to this conversation a little bit, and then I think we can start thinking about classroom instruction and we'll look, what that looks like and sounds like. So, for John, when you John, when you think about being a teacher educator, what's what's important? How do we support new teachers?
1: That's a great question. Um, I think acknowledging that teacher wellness is, is a thing um, is extremely important. Um, so we, inside of our cohort, we have um, PLC groups and monthly we, we visit um, Elena Aguilar's text onward um, to focus on, on teacher wellness and sustainability and building resilience. Um, one of the things that that I tell a lot of the teacher candidates that I work with is that if I could bestow one superpower onto to, um, to a teacher, it would be reflectiveness. So we talk about reflection all the time. Um, so much so that it, by the end of the residency year, it kind of becomes sort of a, a dirty word within the cohort. Um, but we really do believe that, that, you know, constantly reflecting on practice and, and using that reflection to, to refine and do better for kids is, is super important. Um, you know, uh, Wendy Ward-Hoffer's text, Phenomenal Teaching, is a central part of our program. Um, It's a required text for our residents, um, and we systematically work through that text um, throughout the year. So we're talking about things like building community, Um, literally on day one of Summer Institute. We're talking about building community. We're talking about discourse. Um, I think one of the misconceptions that a lot of pre-service teachers come to us with is this idea that a well-managed classroom is a quiet classroom. Um, And we totally disagree. When we walk into a classroom um, to observe, we wanna see kids talking because, um, and I know, uh, I think Samantha Bennett talks about this, whoever's doing the talking is doing the learning. Um, So uh, we love student discourse. Um, We love giving our, our teacher candidates the tools to have engaging conversations with kids in their classroom. Um, We believe in planning using the workshop model. Um, Our instructors actually plan workshop lessons ourselves for the residents so that they can kind of see that parallel pedagogy um, so they can see it from us and then they can implement it it in their classroom. So um, there's a lot of uh, key things. Um, I think growth mindset is also huge. Um, Growth mindset is not just for students. I think... Um, That's one of the things that we want our our residents to know is that, you know, it's it's a journey learning how to become a teacher. I was a teacher for for nine years and was still learning. So,
0: Mm -hmm. wow. So, John, I'm just going to kind of summarize or paraphrase some of the things that you said, because I know that some of the teacher educators who are listening today are like, wait a minute, I got to jot these down. So this idea of teacher wellness is kind of underpins the teacher residency program that we need to take care of our social and emotional health so that we can then be supportive for students and families. Absolutely. You also mentioned an emphasis on best practice instruction. It your program or the program at PVC is not about tips and tricks. It's really about understanding the craft and science of teaching. And one of the ways in which you do that is you structure the experiences for the residencies with this idea of parallel pedagogy. So if you're learning about community, you're experiencing community. If you're learning about the workshop model, you're experiencing the workshop model. And then overlaying growth mindset with that. And then this these differentiated cohorts that Tyler mentioned. It's fascinating. So you have a lot of different levels of support for your new teachers. Anything else that you'd want to add, John, that I didn't mention? No, I
1: think that's, that's a great summary. Um, I think I, I love that you mentioned, um, you know, this is not... A bag of tricks program. Um, I I have Samantha Bennett on my mind because I I just (laughs) listened to the podcast that you did with her. But, um, you know, she talks about the difference between behavioral engagement and cognitive and emotional engagement. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that's so true. I think that, um, you know, as experienced educators, we know that behavioral engagement can be faked a little bit. Um, but like real engagement is that cognitive and and emotional engagement. I think, um, that's the, the kind of the secret sauce to our program is giving, um, our residents the tools to create that rich cognitive engagement, um, in their classrooms. Mm
0: -hmm. Wow. So Tyler, let's hear from you. So you have been in the program for about six weeks, eight weeks. How long have you been a
2: resident? Yeah. Yeah. It was about mid July. We started our two week summer Institute. Um, and that was great. Honestly, something that I resonate with what John was sharing is uh, s- touching on growth mindset early. It was like either day one or day two. And that's just really um, crucial for me coming from finance and some a bit of IT and just kind of being stuck and not feeling like I can continue or, or learn how to code or do whatever it is. But coming into an environment that they're stressing that day one um, with like-minded people um, was really great. And just like I've kind of said, again, you know, it felt like I was with the right people. Um, everybody that I've met, whether it's a resident or a field coach or a manager, everyone just feels real. Um, they, they are open to having honest conversations, um, and moving things forward, um, for the better of, 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 of everybody. Um, and so I, I'm just very encouraged. I know that there's a lot of structure and a lot of, uh, some maybe late nights coming up in the next year, but I'm, I'm ready to tackle it and I'm excited about it um, in a way that I haven't really been excited about work in the past.
0: Wow, so Tyler, when you think about you know, your journey, you know you've, about two months in, pretty strong foundation in social emotional learning and community and growth mindset, really thinking about what are some of those dispositions that we need to hold as teachers, but then also what are the dispositions we want to foster for our students? So I'm sure you're noticing this idea of parallel pedagogy, that you're learning about something and experiencing at the same time. How is that supporting your understanding as a as a new educator?
2: Yeah, it's been great. Honestly, I know everybody has a different way that they prefer and, and they um, excel when they learn. Um, so being able to see it and get hands-on experience. Um, whether it's calling it out when we're in a breakout room and and understanding that that's the same, um, topic that we were just touching on as a whole group, um, just other ways that we as teachers can help, um, explicitly share during our lessons and and keep students involved and and like John said, have good two-way conversations that aren't just feeling like it's the teacher or the resident, um, being spoken at or, or speaking at. Mm -hmm.
0: So, Tyler, you have a couple different layers of support then. You have your cohort, you have your instructors, and then you also have a mentor teacher. So you have a lot of opportunities for reflection. So when you think about where you are right now, what do you need right now? As, you know, school year is is just starting out across Colorado. Everyone's having their first days of school, which look very different from district to district in our part of the country right now. Um, But what do you need right now?
2: Yeah, so I mean, I, I love the relationship that I've been building with my mentor. Um, and I know everyone, even in the ECE group that I'm in with PBC is going through something different, like you mentioned. Um, for preschool, it doesn't, we don't really know a whole lot. So I think for everybody, we're trying to figure it out the best we can. This is a new situation for everyone involved, not just in education, trying to make sure that everyone's staying um, healthy and safe. And so I guess just over, you know, overarching clear direction on what we should expect. Should it be in person or, or a hybrid version or remote? And just so that we can help provide that clarity to parents um, who are also asking the same questions.
0: Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you are engaged in a lot of conversations, a lot of planning conversations. How do we, you know, say a little more, I'm sorry.
2: Sorry, I didn't mean to jump in, but uh, yes, it, the way that the residency models laid out it gives us the, um, oh, what am I trying to say here? It gives us the um, confidence to jump in and make observations early on and, and not just kind of sit back in the corner and observe and take notes, but to kind of take responsibility um, and have that lead towards, you know, whether it's 50% um, resident led classes in November, and then working all the way up to full days in February. I think, you know, just the idea that we're given the um, ability to step in and say, hey, I have ownership over this and I can make an impact right away. I think that's a a huge part of the um, program for me.
0: Wow, that's a huge gift. So when we think about, you know, that guiding question, how do we teach for agency equity and understanding as a teacher resident, you're experiencing all of those.
2: Yep, absolutely.
0: Building agency, having equitable opportunities, and then deep understanding of what it takes to not only begin the school year, but to actually to engage with instruction. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. So let's talk a little bit um. About next steps. So, John, you have you know launched this this year for the PABC teacher residencies residents this twenty twenty one school year, and tell us a little bit about what happens next for your residents.
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, um, what a brave group of people to be getting going in this profession in twenty twenty. Um, it's a really just impressive. Bunch, Um, extremely flexible, open-minded, and uh, they've they've just been a joy to work with so far. I think one of the things that we're seeing this year is that everyone's residency experience is going to be a little bit different um, based on their school site. Um, We have residents that are 100% in person. We have residents that are hybrid. We have residents that are 100% remote. Um, So we're going to do our best uh, as an organization to. Um, support them kind of wherever they're at. Um, one of the things that uh, we're fortunate about is that we've been doing virtual coaching already. Um, we, this is our third year um, doing some version of virtual coaching. So that's, that's exciting um, that we can offer that to residents, but um, you know, the entire residency model is a gradual release of responsibility model. Um, so here in August and September um there's there's a lot of observing and learning going on um, for our residents. Um, like Tyler said, and I'm, I'm glad he brought this up. One of the things that that we um, encourage people not to do is is sit back in the corner and and um, spend too much time observing. We want them, you know, forming relationships with students from from day one at their school site because we think that's so important. Uh, but throughout the year, um, Tyler's right. He's gonna have some late nights. Get ready, man. Um, <laughs> But uh, it's going to kind of take on more and more responsibility. So our residents go from primarily being in a support role to really co-teaching. I think that's a great thing with our program. You can walk into a classroom and you can see um, a a mentor and a resident really leveraging the fact that there are two adults in the room. Um, I think that's really important. And then eventually, um, in, in some of these lead opportunities that our residents have, they have the opportunity to um, to plan and facilitate and really be the lead teacher in the classroom. So um, throughout the year, uh, they're taking on more and more of that responsibility until, um, you know, the end of the year where where we say goodbye to them and um, they're off, uh, you know, in their own classrooms.
0: Wow, that's so exciting. So as we wrap up today, you know, thinking about the PEBC Teaching Framework and, you know, part of this podcast is really about the idea of phenomenal teaching. And what are those instructional elements that really, you know, move teaching into that idea of of, of being phenomenal and being able to support student agency, student equity and student understanding? When you think about those strands, I'd love to hear from each of you, which one is most exciting to you from an instructional perspective, knowing that John has many, many years of experience and Tyler has a handful of weeks of experience. So, let's think about those the strands of the framework are community planning for understanding, the workshop model, thinking strategies, discourse and assessment. So, let's start with you, John. Of those, you know, instructional strands or those instructional best practices, what's most exciting for you as a teacher educator when you were supporting new teachers?
1: I think absolutely community for me, um, you know, not only forming relationships with, with the residents that I work with, but um, kind of giving them a playbook around how they can uh, build community within their classroom during the residency year. Um, I think that this year specifically um, is gonna really test us on our ability to build community um, in a virtual space. Um, but I would just encourage our residents and, and any teacher that's out there listening um, to this podcast: is you know, don't put that off to the side just because this is a remote year. Um, how, think about how can we really build community um, virtually or, or in a hybrid setting? Because um, that's that's how kids learn. If if kids feel safe, they learn. Um, kids want to learn. I truly believe that, um, and so. For me, community is foundational.
0: So Tyler, how about for you? What are you most excited about in terms of your own learning and implementing in a classroom?
2: Yeah, so I hate to double down on community, but I'm just, I'm a social creature. I like to be out with people. Um, but honestly, it, it felt a little overwhelming at first when we started to meet everybody in, this, in the um, Summer Institute. But how quickly we all came together was really encouraging um, whether it was, you know, being uncomfortable and having icebreakers in a breakout room, um, and kind of pushing yourself to, um, still make those connections. We tried a little meetup in the park where we were six feet apart from each other, um, a couple of our people in our PLC. So we were, we were excited. We were eager to kind of get to know each other better. Um, but then being able to bring that into the classroom and, um, I'm very lucky to have a mentor, uh, Miranda Brenner, who went through the same PEBC program 10 years ago and has been a mentor. So her kind of expertise and guidance has been great just to kind of incorporate a lot of those things um, with the community that we're serving at my school at Eagleton um, and and really trying to make that an emphasis early on, making connections with families and making sure that they know that we're there to support their kids and, and them as families as we all try to sort out everything that's happening right now.
0: Wow. So, in closing today, John, just so much appreciation to you as a teacher educator and a leader in this field, really creating this construct of parallel pedagogy where your teacher residents and mentors can experience instructional best practices as learners themselves so they can transfer those to classrooms. And Tyler, to you, so much appreciation and gratitude for you becoming a teacher and jumping into our field. We know you're going to be phenomenal and just is, it's just really exciting and refreshing to hear um, so much energy for our profession and our craft. So I don't want to have the last word, John. And then Tyler last thoughts. What are your hopes for the year?
1: Oh, wow. Um, my hopes are the same as my hopes every single year with a new cohort is that um, that one of the things that I I think is so special about this profession is that, um, every once in a while you get to have these like magic moments that you would never get to have in like any other line of work. Um, so my hope is always that, that Tyler and our other residents get to experience these magic moments that come along with being a teacher. Um, and I wish him and, uh, everyone luck.
0: Tyler, how about for you?
2: Yeah, I think, um, Honestly, it's just about, for me, it's about serving the best interests of the kids and really trying to give them a safe space to feel a little bit more normal. Um, I know they've been cooped up for months and trying to get them to understand that we're all going through this together. Um, We've got to be gracious and generous um, with our time and with our feelings and um, just looking forward to the chance to to make an impact um, and bring, bring people together in a positive way.
0: Thank you both very much.
2: Thank you.
0: Thank you you for joining us today. We hope our time together provided inspiration and information. I would like to thank our sponsor Chalkbeat. In addition to reporting on current events in education, Chalkbeat has a jobs board. So if you're looking for your next career opportunity, check it out. You'll find teaching, leadership, tech, and nonprofit education jobs or if you're looking to recruit for open positions, consider posting on the Chalkbeat Jobs Board. You'll be connecting with people who are up to date on the latest education, news, and trends. Posting start at just $149 per month. In closing, PEBC is headquartered in Denver, Colorado and works both locally and nationally to cultivate agency, equity, and understanding as described in Phenomenal Teaching by Wendy Ward-Hoffer. We now provide customized, virtual and on-site professional development, coaching, institutes and courses. We also prepare new teachers via the PEBC Teacher Residency Program. Check us out at PEBC.org.